Well, amen. If you would, grab your Bibles. We'll turn, uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. 1 Corinthians chapter number 3. I want to thank Pastor for allowing me to fill in again. It's always a blessing to be home. Actually, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. Let's start there. We'll back up just a little bit. Kind of set the stage here. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. The Bible says this, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit, for the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of, of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of, which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we speak, not in the words of which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they have, or excuse me, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for my Bible. Amen. Verse, chapter uh, 3, verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are ye able. And uh, we'll stop our reading there tonight. Uh, you know, this passage, we've heard it preached uh, many times uh, by all, you know, Brother Williams, I can remember preaching on this, and other men have come in and preached on this passage, but the Lord just brought me back to this tonight. And so with this thought in mind, maturing from milk to meat, how important is that? Well, it's very important. Uh, we, we don't need to be on the bottle, uh, so to speak, spiritually, there are, our whole our whole life, we ought, to, we ought to be maturing, we ought to be growing and seeking some, uh, some meats, that spiritual meat that God wants to give us strength so that we might be able to do more for His honor and glory. Amen? It's really all it comes down to Him. And so, uh, don't let your mind shut off tonight. We'll go quick tonight. I, I want to get through this, but I just want to uh, encourage us tonight, uh, maturing from milk to meat. Amen? Let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank You, Lord, once again. Uh, Lord, for your faithfulness to us, Lord, many are in here are, are tired tonight, Lord, and uh, been worked all worked all day long. And uh, Father, I just pray that you'd help us to just for the next few minutes focus on you, keep us awake, keep us alert, arrest our attention, Lord. Help us to receive what you'd have us to tonight. And uh, God, I pray that you get all the honor and the glory. We ask this in Christ's name, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you. Real quick, I do want to thank all of you for. Praying uh, for Brother Nick, and uh, <clears throat> we uh, we got up about four thirty this morning in the Dallas area and drove back, and and uh, so if I fall asleep preaching, somebody can come up and high five me and take over. My notes are pretty good, so Brother Andrew, you ready? 
No. I, uh, we are thankful we got to go down there and see him. And uh, boy, I tell you, I'm just thankful for the hand of God. Guardian angel, there must have been about 10 of them around him, around that car wreck. It was just crazy. And if you've seen any of the pictures on Facebook, it's amazing. Uh, you know, he's a big fella. And uh, I, there's, I couldn't even sit where he was sitting, uh, you know, as we got up to the car and pulled the things out. So I'm just, I'm just thankful for God uh, that takes care of us. And uh, he's still a miracle-working God. Amen. And so uh, thank you for your prayers, and uh, we're excited to see what God's going to do in his life down the road. Well, tonight, uh, looking at this passage, uh, 1 Corinthians, uh, we, we want to kind of remember where, where we're at in, the book of, in, this Bible, in our Bibles tonight uh, in Corinthians. Uh, Corinthians, um, you know, the church at Corinth had many problems. We, we know that. Um, Paul, uh, as he, uh, he answered the call to God, he went to the city of Corinth, and, and established a church there, and as he established the church and, and ended up leaving, some, uh, some months later, if not a couple years later, he writes back because he hears about some things that are going on at the church at Corinth and some, uh, some major issues, really. I mean, it's one of, the, it's one of those, uh, we've traveled some, and we've seen different churches named Corinth uh, on the road. You know, I'm thinking, I don't know if I'd name my church Corinth, you know, but uh, the, the history behind it's not that great. Uh, but looking at Corinth in the Bible, uh, we do know this. Um, you read later on, there's a lot of people that got some things right, and God did use them down the road. Uh, but at this time, what, what we're looking at here in 1 Corinthians is uh, Paul has written back to the church at Corinth, uh, understanding this, that there's some major issues going on in the church, and a lot of it was division because men and women got their eyes off of the Lord and got their eyes on people. You know what, and, and this is a big danger for all of us is that, you know, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ are, are, uh, are, 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 I believe, are God's plan. That's why we have a church to help sharpen each other and encourage each other. Uh, but don't fix your eyes on a person. Uh, because you fix your eyes on you, and if I fix my eyes on you, you fix your eyes on me, we're going we're gonna to fall and mess up. We're going to let each other down. And so we've got to keep our focus on the Lord. And really, that's what's going on here in the passage is Paul understands this. He's heard some things that they're starting to follow men and say they're, you know, they're after following men instead of, instead of following the Lord. And, and so as we read there in, in chapter 3, we understand it's a familiar passage about the carnal man. But before that, we read about a spiritual man. And, and, uh, and so uh, Paul is addressing this, and this is what his desire is, is to, to let, make sure they understand this, that well, we, ought to be, we ought to be striving to be a spiritual man or woman for God. Now, just to say that, though, that, that there's a lot in that. I mean, we don't just say, I want to be more spiritual for God, and then we do nothing about it. Uh, there's actually some application here uh, that we have to understand. And so as Paul's writing this, he's trying to get him to understand this, that I, I want you to have the power of God and not the wisdom of men. In verse 5, it says that, that your faith, he said, I'm, I'm saying all of this, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. That's important. Because you and I, as we know, the Scripture says we can do nothing without Him. We're helpless. Uh, we don't bat an eye without he, Him allowing us to. We don't draw breath every so, you know, every second or two unless He says it's okay. Uh, he's the one that sustains life. He not only creates it, He sustains it. Everything that happens is because He allows it to happen. And, and so just knowing that as a Christian, we have to understand that uh, when we go out, and, and this is where uh, Christians get really discouraged a lot of times, and you get to a place in your Christian life where you start, you do, you do a whole bunch of things for God, 
but you, you, you don't see the results that you want to see. And you get discouraged, and, you, and I've been there, you know, and get really busy. I'm talking about bus routes, Sunday school teaching, uh, doing all these things, being very busy for God. And I know it's not all about results, but I, I know this, there's just some dry times, and those dry times come, and if we're not careful, we'll start doing things in the flesh and not in the power of God. And we get discouraged, and then we'll, then you see people quit. They get, they get discouraged and say, well, I, I'm, I'm so busy, I'm doing so much for God, and they, and they get bitter, and then they end up quitting church. And really what it is, is they've done things in their, in the power of their own flesh, and not in the power of God. So, so Paul sees this, he understands it, and, and this is what he's, he's wanting them to, to get. He says in, uh, verse number nine, as we read it here, it says, but uh, as it is written, I have not seen nor ear, or nor ear heard, neither hath entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit. He's trying to get them to see this, because the problem here was that they were listening to the wisdom of men. There were men that have come, they were coming around and infiltrating the church and coming in and sitting down and getting to know the people and then secretly trying to uh, uh, divert their faith away from God and put it on a man. Uh, and, and, you know, that still happens nowadays, by the way. I won't say names of different people who are in Arizona and other places uh, who specifically send people to churches to, to get in the church, to disrupt the church, and bring in false doctrine on purpose. There's many pastors that I've met and talked to. Uh, that happens so much now. We just want to be aware of that, amen? Some guy comes in or some lady comes in and, and, uh, and, and is a part of our church for a while, but then starts going behind pastor's back and saying things. Well, I don't know if he's right in this. Let me show you this. And, uh, boy, that'd be a red flag right off the back. Uh, as I say, hold up just a minute. Let's go talk to pastor, all of us right now, amen? Uh, we, we can cut that snake's head off real quick. And that's what we have to do. We have to be careful of that. If we don't, uh, we're going to start being... Uh, uh, prone to listening to man or a woman instead of listening to God. I want the power of God in my life. I just want, I want to tell you that. I don't want to go through all the motions and, and then just be dry. I like coming to church. I like worshiping the Lord and, and serving Him in His power. But to do that, we have to understand that things are revealed by the Holy Spirit of God. And, and so what am I saying? I'm saying this is that a, a spiritual man or woman first, we have to understand this, that... Uh, that God wants us to be spiritual, but in, in order to be spiritual, we have to listen to the Holy Spirit, and we have to be in His Word. Real quick, with if you would, with me, turn to Second Peter chapter one uh, tonight. Second Peter chapter one, and we're going to move right along here, but uh, show you a couple things that uh, that Peter says uh, that can help you never fall. Well, that's a that's a strong statement there. You say I never fall. What are you talking about? Well, let's, let's look at it real quick. Second Peter chapter 1, to be a spiritual man or, or woman and uh, to follow the Lord and do things God's way, we must add to our faith some things. Uh, it's not just good enough to say, okay, Lord, I trust you. Now I'm just going to sit in church the rest of my life and do nothing else. Uh, I've trusted you as my Savior. I got my ticket to heaven. Uh, no, 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 no. He still has, he has a plan for your life here on earth. Now we must add to our faith, our faith and trust in Jesus Christ he says, I need you to add to your faith some things if you want to grow spiritually and not still be a babe in Christ. And he says, and we know these, and you've heard them, verse number five, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith, 
And he named seven things. Now, we're not going to go through them real quick or, or, or real slow, but uh, it says here, add to your faith virtue. What is virtue? Virtue is just a willingness to want to please God. When you first got saved, you had faith in the Lord, right? If you put your faith and trust in Him, and then that, and the next thing that comes is a willingness to do whatever He wants. You remember that? When you got saved, I mean, it didn't matter who was around, I'm going to tell them about the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, he didn't really care what anybody else thought. Couldn't get enough preaching. Couldn't get enough, uh, you know, playing preaching tapes on the way to work. I was working in Kansas City when I got saved, and an hour drive there, hour drive back. I wore out tapes. Uh, Lester Roloff and the mule walked on. That was one of the messages I loved. I wore that tape out. Any other tapes I could get? Good gospel Christian music. Amen. Uh, that honors and glorifies God. I couldn't get enough of that. And so, what was that? That was just a virtue. I just want to please Him. He's done so much for me. He saved my soul from hell. He's brought me out of the miry pit, out of that clay of the world, and he set my feet upon a rock. He's established my goings. Now I want to, he put a new song in my heart. Now I want to serve him. That's what, that's what it's all about. And so, uh, uh, Peter says here, Peter's an older man now, and he says, this is how, if you want to add to your faith, you want to be a spiritual man or woman, you don't want to be just a, a babe in Christ anymore. You must first add to your faith virtue. Next is knowledge. So now I have a willingness to please God. Now I want to, I got to know what, what to do to please him. That's, that's coming to church. That's studying our Bibles at home. Uh, that's being a part of the discipleship programs we have around here. Why, why do we do all that? So we will know what God expects of us. So first you have the faith, then you have virtue, then you have the knowledge. Then it says in verse six, and add to, and to knowledge temperance. Temperance is that Spirit-led control, self-control. Is that when you, when you learn the things of God, then you have to put them to practice even when you don't want to. Right? Those are hard. When nobody's around, you still do it anyway. That's, that's what he's talking about here. Then you add to temperance, patience. Patience in this verse does not mean, this is what it means. Let me, let me say it that way. This is what patience means in this verse. Lord, I know you're putting me through this trial right now because I'm, I've made a decision to serve you. But even if you don't take the trial away, I want you to conform me into the image of your son. I'm still going to be faithful to you. That's the thought of patience here. It's not that I, I'm waiting on you to hurry up and take this away, God, you know, and I'm, I'm expecting it to happen pretty quick. I'm going to keep serving you, but in the back of your mind, you're ready to quit. No, no, no. Patience here means whether you take the thing away or not, I'm going to be faithful to you just so that you can transform my life into the image of your son. That's what patience means in this verse. So then he says this, add to, your, add to temperance patience, to patience godliness. And, uh, and boy, this is, this is important. After we're, after we're doing the things faithfully and we're having patience because we're going through the persecution and trials of life because we're being faithful to God, and God starts doing some things in our life where we start, we act more godly. When people look at our life, it, they say this, I want what they have, because what I got doesn't work. And so, and then this, it to, it to us, this is what it can mean also, godliness means this, he's enough. I don't need anything else. I don't need the things of the world to fulfill me and make me happy. It's too often that even as Christians, uh, we get going through the, the daily routines of life. We have our jobs. We have uh, all these things that we do, and there's nothing wrong with those things. Uh, 
But we start looking for satisfaction again from the world and forgetting that Jesus is, is enough. There's nothing wrong with having stuff, but it can't have us. Amen? And so that's what he's saying here. Peter says this, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge temperance, to temperance patience, to patience godliness, to godliness, verse 7, brotherly kindness. If Satan can't get you from without these walls, he's going to try to get you from within the walls of this church. And we got to remember this, that we're supposed to be on the same team. Boys, Satan loves to get us fighting against each other. We come in and somebody's worked a long day and they, you know, they, they don't react the same as you're used to. And so they say something kind of an off remark and, you know, and it kind of rubs you wrong. You know, what did they say that for? How come they act that way for? And really they're just either beat dead tired or maybe they had some bad news they just heard. We don't know all the details usually. And we assume, that's a dangerous thing, assuming. So it says here, he says, you need to add to godliness, brotherly kindness. You just go back up to them and say, you know what, hey, is everything okay? I'd like to pray for you if, if I can. And if they, if they kind of blow that off, go home and pray for them anyway. Keep showing them, keep showing them the love of God, amen? We all need it sometimes when we're going through some hard times in life. And so Peter is now mature here, and he says, you want to be a spiritual man or woman, you've got to add to your face some things. He says, brotherly kindness, and then the last one, in verse 7, add to brotherly kindness, charity. Add charity. Charity is the giving of oneself to others for their benefit. This is the catch. Without any thought of return. You're not looking, you're not looking for something back. <clears throat> I'll say it publicly, have no problem saying this. I do not like when someone comes up and they ask and they want to do something for me. And in the past, they're always willing to do something, but they always, there's always a catch to it. You know them kind of people? I don't want what they got then. Even if it helps me, I don't want it. That's where I had to show brotherly kindness, amen. <laughs> but charity is, we know this, and you read 1 Corinthians chapter 13, how important charity is. You study, study the word charity, and far as I can, as far as I know, studying it, it's always applied to a Christian with another Christian. It's always applied for me to you, one that has been blood-bought, born-again child of God, showing love to the other. And I know it, it can probably be to anybody, but every time I've studied, that's what it, what it looks like. And so how important it is, charity is like the glue that holds all this together. If we go through all the motions and make a lot of noise, like in 1 Corinthians 13, but yet we don't have love, that charity, we're just, we're just going through the motions. It didn't mean anything. So this is what Peter says. He says, I want you to understand this, that to, uh, him and Paul have the or parallel here, that Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, uh, we, need to, we need to be listening to the Holy Spirit of God. We need to be adding things to our life that will help us become spiritual. But to do that, we, we look over and we see things, a chapter like this in, in, in 2 uh, Peter chapter 1, where Peter says, add to your face some things. So it's going to take some work to be spiritual, Amen. That's what I'm trying to say. It's going to take some work for you and I to apply these things to our life, but that's what God wants. He desires that for 2020 for you and me, that we don't be, that we're not the same person like last year, that we're not still on the bottle, 
but that we're actually maturing and growing, becoming stronger in the faith of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that we're more active, doing more for God than we did last year. That's what I want for my life and my family's life. And so back to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, we understand that there's three different people here in in this text that we've talked about. First, we're talking about the spiritual man. I would, I would venture to say that being on a Wednesday night and, and uh, being here, that most everybody's here, I, I believe this, because you, you want to see your life uh, amount to something for God. Amen? I mean, I, I want this for my life. I want to see the need and reach, reach people and then lead. I, I want that for me and my family. But to do that, I've got I've to make some steps, some conscious choices this year to add to my faith some things that will help me achieve what God has given our pastor and for our church. It's not going to just happen. We don't get more spiritual just, just all of a sudden I wake up the next day and I'm a little more spiritual. If anything, it's the other way. If I just let things slide, I'm going to become more carnal. Amen? So we, we see here there's a spiritual man, but then secondly, verse uh, number 14 of chapter 2, it says it talks about another man, the natural man. Now, I won't take a lot of time on this. We know the natural man is simply the lost person, those that have... Uh, had played the game, and we, we could uh, we could say it like in church. Uh, I, I'm one of those that, for I was 20 years old, was raised in this church. I was 20 before I got saved. Just because you go to church doesn't mean that you have a relationship with God. Well, there's millions of people that go to church, every faithful, but don't have a relationship with God. They're just going through the motions. This natural man that Paul's talking about, he says, I want you to be spiritual, but we have to recognize there's two other kinds of people. One of them is a natural man, the one who you were before you got saved. And so uh, the natural man uh, cannot discern the things of God. It's the, it's the person, that, and I remember doing this, uh, memorizing Scripture and, and as I was raised in this church, but never having a heart surrender to God. And I, I would hear preaching and all of this, but it wasn't like it would click. It's like it wasn't penetrating through. It's like, how does... How does that person understand this? I should know this by now. I don't fully understand what he's talking about. reason why, I was lost. I never gave my heart to the Lord. I never gave my life to Him. Never had a relationship with God. I just want to say tonight, I, I know this is a Wednesday night, but maybe you could be one like me who went through the motions for years and, and just showed up because that's what you're supposed to do because mom and dad's making me come. But as soon as I get ready, I'm getting out of this house. I'm going to live my life the way I want it really reflects the heart, where your heart's at. And it just might be that there's someone going through the motions tonight. I don't know that. That's between you and God. I do know this. That's why the preaching is boring. That's why preaching is so boring to you, and you just, you just can't wait to get out of the house. I'm never going back to this place. That's why you feel that way. That could be. So tonight, there is, uh, hopefully, we're striving to be that spiritual man or woman. There's, there might be one here that's the natural that Paul talks about. <clears throat> and they, they, don't, they can't discern the things of the Lord. They don't understand the Bible when they read it. But then we have this. Chapter 3, verse 1 says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. As unto carnal. Well, I tell you, this is the third group of people that he talks about. Spiritual, natural, which are lost, but the carnal. Who's the carnal? Now, you've heard this preached before. This is nothing new to many of us, but 
uh, we have to re- remember who the carnal person is. It's one that, it's, it's, the, it's the saved saint who looks and acts just like the world. That's, that's who a carnal person is. Oh, they might be saved, but their characteristics on the outside uh, many times will, many times can look just like a lost person. You don't see any difference. There's no change in their life. He, he even likens it unto babes in Christ, unto babies. Now you say, well, what are you talking about babies? Well, <clears throat> me and Shelley have experience in this, having seven children. The characteristics of a baby. Think about this with me just for a minute. You say, well, I'm not carnal. Let's just think about the characteristics of a baby, who he compares it to. Paul says this, uh, uh, verse number 2, I, f- I have fed you with milk and not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it, neither yet now are ye able, for ye are yet carnal. He calls them carnal, or babes in Christ. Uh, being, being carnal... Um, this is what the what carnal the carnal mind it talks about it in Romans chapter eight, uh, but carnal being carnal is simply substituting men for God. It's substituting men for God, and we'll see. You, you can read down the next couple of verses here, and some are saying in verse number four, for while one saith I am of Paul and another I am of Apollos, are you not carnal? You're not of you're not of those people. It's, it's, you would you never got saved under a person. You got other than Jesus Christ. He's the one, he's your father. You know, we have our heavenly father. Jesus Christ is the one that saved you. It wasn't Paul or Apollos or anybody else. And so they've, 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 uh, been, have their minds warped and, and, and messed up. And so they're acting like babes in Christ. You say, brother Jim, I don't think I'm carnal. Well, let's look at a couple things about the characteristics of a baby. Number one, babies can't walk on their own. You always got to hold their hand or carry them. So what are you talking about? Well, spiritually in your life, when anything happens in your life, do you always have to have someone else help you through it other than the Lord? It's, it's, I mean, it's just, I'm talking to me here. <laughs> I mean, we always have to go to some person. We can't just read our Bibles and let the Holy Spirit speak to us. I've gotten so much counsel just from reading God's Word. I'm not saying don't go to your pastor. I'm not saying a good brother or sister in Christ can't help you in a situation. But we shouldn't have to go to some person every single time. There's, You know what? And, and we've heard pastors say this. Brother Williams used to say it. You get so much counsel just coming to church and hearing the Word of God preached. It solved most of our problems. We wouldn't even have to, we didn't have to show up in pastor's office. We could just listen to the preaching and apply it to our life. But this is one thing that a characteristic of a baby is they can't walk on their own. Always got to have somebody helping them. Another one is they can't eat on their own. A babe in Christ usually is one who would come to church and that's only the only time to get fed because they don't have a walk with God at home. They don't read their Bible, they don't pray. And so they're weak. And when a trial comes... They're not able to stand against it in the cave. Maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's you today or tonight, I don't know. Here's another characteristic is they want all the attention. 
Everything's about them. You ever, I don't have to say, do you ever know? I mean, there's some people that, hang on just a second. Facebook's a good tool. I'm just going to say it because I'm preaching tonight. Facebook's a good tool. Nobody needs to know all your junk. Why don't you just, why don't you give it to God and quit posting everything that goes on in your life? Can I just say that? I'm saying it nice, but we, we, we drag churches and God's people through the mud when the world looks at Facebook and they say, why would I want their God when they complain about everything going on in the church and everything in their life? Why would I, why would they want our God? I'm not against Facebook. We use it for, for, it can be a good tool. Take all your cares to the Lord. Don't, don't post them everywhere. I mean, I'm just saying, give it to God. He's big enough to take care of them. And, and I just think it's a, I think it's a big deal. And you say, well, why are you saying it like this? How come you're mentioning that? I'm just saying this, that, uh, a characteristic of a babe in Christ, one that, a person that is carnal, is everything's about them. Everything. They didn't get the right seat. They didn't get to sing the solo. They didn't get to sing as much as somebody else. Or You know what I'm saying? There's, it, they're always asking, why? how come I didn't get to do that? Or how come they didn't recognize me? Or It's not about you and me. It's about Him. Everything that we do, when we come to church, we got the wrong mindset of church. It's all about Him. We're here to worship Him. It's not The, the light's not on me or my family or you or your family. It's supposed to be on God. And so, a characteristic of a baby, if we're not careful, you notice, you can tell someone who's, who hasn't grown in Christ because everything's about them. Another one is, they don't care to clean up after their own mess. Babies are good about that. Toddlers, right? And you know, I know many parents in here, and, and um, I got good stories through the years of kids, you know, and different times. Um, <clears throat> we won't tell them from here, from the pulpit. See me afterwards. We got some good stuff. But um, babies are just that way. Toddlers, they just they make the mess and they walk off, right? Same way spiritually. A lot of times, a babe in Christ will throw a big fit, make a big mess in church, and then expects everybody else to clean it up. And so. When I look at my life, I have to evaluate my life and make sure I'm not acting like a babe, like a carnal man, right? Because this thing is not about me, and it's not about it, 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 it's not about me making a mess. Or and what are you saying, making a mess? You, I think I don't have to explain it too much. Uh, causing division in the church, talking behind pastors' back and other people, and, and causing a, a big mess, and then. Say, well, I didn't really mean it like that. No, 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 you did. Just admit it. Amen? Make it right. Make, make things right with God. Don't, don't get to a place that, uh, uh, where, you, you know, this is just a characteristic of a baby. Let's just be honest with you. That, that's the characteristics of a baby. One that can't walk on their own, eat on their own, everything's about them. Uh, they don't care to clean up after their mess. And there's a lot of other things we could go through. But tonight, I think you get the, you get the idea here that a babe in Christ has some characteristics and it's not real hard to see it. So saying that, I have to look at Jim Wolfram. I'm not, I'm not looking at anybody else as far as spiritually. That's just between you and God. I have to look at Jim Wolfram. Am I, is my life showing any of these? 
Why is it such a big deal that we're not carnal? Because it takes all the light off of God. The only reason why this church is here is to magnify and lift Him up. It's all about Him. And for years, I love our church. I love our church. Our church the people, right? I love our church. I love being here because I really believe our church has a heartbeat for God. I really believe that. We've traveled and seen a lot of churches. There ain't a church like our church. I love our church. But I just, this, is, this message just might be a warning to us all. Or there might be someone here tonight that you see, you look at your life and you, and you say this, Brother Jim, I'd like to be that spiritual man or woman for Christ, but I haven't been adding those things to my life. And, I, and unfortunately, I hate it, but I do see some of this in my own life as a carnal man or woman. I sure don't want it to be that way. Well, it doesn't have to be, amen? Praise the Lord, there's an answer, and that's, that's getting on our knees and humbling ourselves before God. It's that simple. Saying, Lord, I don't want to go another year acting like a babe in Christ. It would be something wrong if, and I think you've heard this analogy before, but, you know, if I, if I come in every service and there's nothing wrong with Trevin, but, you know, he's 18 and I'm carrying him like a baby. It ain't happening because he's too big now, but if I carried, I carried him around everywhere he went, and he was perfectly healthy, he just chose not to walk. We would, we laugh about that, and you understand, that is kind of funny to think about, <clears throat> me trying to carry him, but um, that's not, that shouldn't be normal. That's, there's something wrong there, and it's the same principle spiritually. If you've been saved for 15, 20, 30 years or more, five years, there ought to be some fruit in our life. There ought to be some growth. We shouldn't be saved 20, I've been saved 21 years now, or 20 years, and almost 21 and I shouldn't be the same, I shouldn't look and, and sound and have the same knowledge and do everything the same as when I first got saved. I ought to have some growth. I ought to be eating some meat, amen? And that, the message really tonight is simply about that. Uh, in our life, as Paul has written to the book, at, or excuse me, has written the book of Corinthians to, uh, to the church here in Corinth, uh, he's, he's wanting them to understand this, is I don't want you to stay in that, in that trap of keeping your eyes on people and on men and women in the church and allowing other people to have divisions and causing strife and all of these things that are going on, when we get our focus back on God, we add these things to our faith, and we say this, Lord, this year, I want to be, I want to be that spiritual leader that I need to be. I want to see the need, and I want to reach out to people who are hurting, the, the, my employees around me, uh, my neighbors, my, my own family, and then I want to lead. I want to lead in reaching other people for you. That will only be done... If we're doing it in the, in the power of God, and we can only have the power of God if we're being the spiritual man and woman that God would have us to be. If you would, turn to Romans chapter 8 real quick. I'm going to tie this up. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 and verse number 6. The Bible says, For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. That's a pretty bold statement, by the way. <laughs> be carnally minded is death. Wow. Verse number 7, Because the carnal mind is enmity against God, 
For it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Well, that reflects the heart of a carnal person. There, you do things carnally because your mindset is carnal. And that's what we have to work on. That's what, that's what Jim Wolfram has to work on. If I start becoming that carnal man, uh, the, the guy who's, who, who's real defensive all the time and, and, you know, and having a bad spirit and, and don't really care about anybody else and I come to church and everything's starting to be about me and, and I'm not getting recognized like I should and how come I didn't get to preach this and how come, you know, and all those things. If I start having that spirit, all it's doing is reflecting what my mindset is. I have a carnal mindset. And, and, and we see here in Romans, he says this, that the, the carnal mind is enmity against God. What does enmity mean? It's a state of opposition. That's what enmity means. The opposite of friendship. Listen to this. This is what it means. Unteachable. It means when I hear the word of God preached, you might as well just, might as well hurry up, pastor, get it over with. You know, I, I, I really don't I, don't, I don't think, I don't think I, this is really for me. So-and-so should have been here. They should have heard this. No, no, no. You get that mindset to where uh, it's, everything is in opposition. Someone comes up and says, hey, brother, I, I noticed some things, you know, and I'm talking about someone who's a, a spiritual, godly person in the church, and they love you. You know they do. They say, hey, brother, I've seen some things, you know, in your life, and I, you seem discouraged, you seem kind of, you know, upset. You know, and I, maybe it's maybe it's this problem here. Could I help help you with it? Could I pray with you? And they try to approach you the right way, and you get real defensive. Well, we got to be careful of that. Saying here that this is the mindset of a carnal person is that they're at enmity with God. That means they're at opposition with God. Everything that God tries to tell them through the through God's man or, or through preaching or through His Word, they're at opposition with it. And really, to be honest with you, that's <clears throat> kind of sounds like a lost person, doesn't it? Oh yeah. So to, to, tonight, I'm just saying this is one. We're, we're in one of of these three categories tonight. Either we're striving, and that's what I mean. It's it's striving to be what God would have us to be. We're not going to ever arrive to perfection until we get to heaven. But we are, we ought to all want this. I just want to strive to be the most spiritual person that God would have me to be this year. We're all at different levels. We don't compare ourselves with with each other. It's not what we're supposed to do. Let's just, let's just compare ourselves to God and say, Lord, help me to be the best Jim Wolfram this year that I can be for you. Hopefully, everyone in this room is desiring that. But there might be some in here that are the natural man or woman. And you know inside that you don't have a relationship with God. Well, God can change that even tonight. Well, He wants to. You're that, if you're that person tonight, you don't have a relationship with God, you say, I, I, just, I get so confused, I don't understand nothing about the Bible. It might just be that, do you have a relationship with Him? So there's the spiritual, there's the natural, but then tonight there's also those that are carnal. That have the spirit and the attitude of a baby in Christ. When God wants to take you from that, and He wants to take you and make you something for his honor and glory. He wants to feed you meat. Why? So we can become stronger to do more for him this next year. A simple analogy, but we understand a, a toddler is not going to do, it's not going to lift the weight that I can lift. Right? Simple, very basic analogy. A baby can't do what a grown-up can do. 
And the more spiritual we are, the more we grow in Christ and we get that spiritual meat that we need and, and put it to practice, the more we're going to be able to do for the Lord this year. Amen? And I really believe God would have that for us tonight. You say, uh, Brother Jim, I sure don't want to, I don't want to stay that way. Well, this is what, this is what we have to understand tonight. <clears throat> I believe God wants us to stand in the power of Him. To have God's power, we're going to have to submit to Him and add to our, our life, add to our faith some things to become that spiritual man or woman that He would have us to be. To continue to grow in grace. Let's look at one more verse. Second Thessalonians 1 3, if you would. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3, and we'll close with this verse. God wants us to continue to grow spiritually. Second Thessalonians 1 3, it says this. We are bound to thank God always for you, brethren, as it is meet, because that your faith groweth exceedingly, and the charity of every one of you all toward each other aboundeth. Paul writes to this church here in Thessalonica, and he says this, you're growing, and God's going to bless you for it. You know, the Lord wants that for our church. God's blessed this church. we got a great church. I love our church. I love what God's doing here in St. Joseph, Missouri. But I know this, if we, if we back off a little bit, the devil will gain ground and we'll lose a lot of ground we've, we've gained through the years. Let's do everything we can do to add to our faith some things this year and say, Lord, help me to be that spiritual man or woman you want me to be. And maybe there's some tonight that... It, got the characteristics of a babe in Christ. You've been saved for a while, but you haven't never grown. You know what? You can fix that. First thing you do is say, Lord, come, just get on your knees, say, Lord, I need to make this thing right. I'm not where I need to be. Once you do that, we have all kinds of discipleship programs around here to start on the right path to get to where you can start growing for God. Amen? Start learning what God wants, get plugged in. That's what God wants for all of us. And so I just encourage us tonight, encourage all of us to uh, let's, let's mature from the milk to the meat this year. Amen? For his honor and glory. If you would, stand with me. Let's, every head bowed, every eye closed. We'll have a time of invitation. Maybe God spoke to your heart tonight and said, hey, it's time to move forward in this area of your life. I want to see you grow and not stay the same. Uh, boy, God wants that for all of us tonight. He spoke to your heart. Altars are open. Several are coming now. You can just... Make that right with God. Say, Lord, help me to grow in your grace this year. I don't just stay the same. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for your word. Lord, this passage is so familiar. We've heard it so many times, but it's so real. Lord, I, I, I look at my life, and I don't want to become carnal. It's so easy, Lord, for me to get to where it's all about me. I just pray, God, that you'd help us. Help us to understand it's all about you. Help us to surrender and submit to you tonight. Thank you, Lord, for our church, and I pray that you just continue to work on our hearts. Help us be submissive, Lord. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for being in the services today with us at Riverside Baptist Church. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we certainly would like to help you with that. 
You can get more information at our website at rbcstjoe.com or call here at the church. If you're a believer and God has spoken to your heart, I hope you'll take time to turn aside and let him have his way in your life. If we can help in any way, shape, or form, please feel free to contact us. We look forward to ministering to you again.